Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And you are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Welcome back. Welcome to a fresh week. I hope you had a fabulous weekend, and I am so excited to be beginning your week with my guest today. His name is Rory Gardner. He's a Canadian country music star. He uh, is a stand-up comedian and a TEDx speaker, and that's actually how I met him um, back in May in Colorado Springs. We were both there to give our TED Talks, and I guess I officially met him. Um, He doesn't really know this, but I met him. He was on a training call with his coach uh, for TED right before me, and I kind of patched in early, and I just kind of observed um, him working through the process and you know, when you do a TED Talk, there's a lot of back and forth and coaching and a lot of fine tuning. Um, and so he just had this really dry sense of humor. And I was thinking, who is this guy? What What, what is going on? And then, um, you know, when you do a TED Talk, it's very intense and your, your, your nerves are high, emotions are high, and you just really want to do the best job you can. And he is someone who made that experience just so fun and just was having like everyone laughing all the time. Um, so I'm really just grateful to have met him. And that's truly what he does in his work. He began as a musician, but then it kind of evolved into stand-up comedy. He would talk in between music sets, and he would have more fun doing that. Um, and then it kind of just expanded his speaking career. And really the crux of, of what kind of blew him up in the speaking world was his house was actually hit by a tornado, and he made this insanely funny YouTube video, and I've linked it in the show notes for you. And from there, um, he really fine-tuned his message of finding humor through adversity. And so now a lot of mental health organizations are reaching out to him, um, having him speak to, to their, their people. And it's really all about turning a really terrible situation and, and processing it in a healthy way. So that's kind of what he talks a lot about. And I just find that so powerful and, and really, at the end of the day, healing, which is what this show is all about. Um, so enjoy my conversation with Rory Gardner. I hope you get a lot out of it. Um, if you love it, please share it with a friend. He's got so many moments in here where he's just cracking me up. So I hope uh, you enjoy that as well because that's just who he is as a person. I don't think he has a, uh, a turn-off valve on that. Um, <laughs> so enjoy my conversation. Please share it with a friend. Please leave us a review if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, I've linked all of his amazing content in the show notes. So definitely, definitely go check that out. This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. You can pick up your organic, third-party tested CBD in stores around the country or at motherhoodunstressed.com. Well, hello, Rory. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. It's good to see you again after the TEDx talk, and uh, I've just been following everything that you've been doing. It's been amazing. You've been doing so much. So thank you for taking the time to be here today. So what, what's what been going on lately with you? It's Other kind than of a the frustrating question. audio issues is what you're saying? Right, right, right. <laughs> it, but you're like, you're per, you called me a perfectionist a second ago. It's not that I'm a perfectionist. And it's just like, I know that it's easy. I spent a long part of my life trying to deal with this sort of thing. And like, uh, just a, I guess as a, as a musician, like I just, 
you ever like seen a concert? Like let's say this, like imagine you went to uh, like a stadium and to see your favorite Backstreet Boy concert. I don't know who you're into, but you know, <laughs> let's just say you're in. And then, you know, it was because there's some little thing with the speakers that you just were not satisfied with. And then it was like a waste of money. Mm. I don't know. It, it's I've just, never been to something like that, but yeah, I could imagine that would be frustrating. Um, but that kind of like brings me to my first question is, you know, you are a performer, you've been performing for years. How did you know that, you know, being in a creative uh, career was going to be your path? Because so many people don't go that way because it is so, you know, it's like the 1% who are successful and can actually live, make a living doing that. So take us back to, you know, the beginning. Well, uh, I think it was just to gain approval, to be honest with you. Uh, in school, I, you know, I, I'd be, uh, uh, disruptive to gain approval of my peers. And then, uh, somewhere along the line, I guess I, my dad was a musician, so I like, let's gain his approval now. So, uh, we started down the music path and then, um, once I started to get paid for it, I'm like, well, maybe I could just make a career the rest of my life, uh, gaining people's approval. And, uh, here we are now, now, uh, I'm still seeking approval and, uh, I've been doing it for 20 years. Wow. 20 years. So tell us some of like the highlights of your career, because it is so like epic, like the people that you've performed with, um, you know, you've been nominated for some things. I mean, so talk to us about some of the highlights in your career that really stand out. The biggest one was like, I was I'm a big fan of Keith Urban. So I got to open for him a couple years ago and that was cool. And then, so I'm writing songs and I'm, it's, it's going well. I thought, it was therapeutic at first. And then I love writing songs and stuff like that. And then um, a couple of them got into commercials with like, uh, uh, one was like Kevin Nealon and Arnold Palmer. And it was funny filming that one because they were in the Kevin Nealon's trailer. I got my feet up, ice cold drink in my hand. I'm like, this is a great Kevin. I was watching you on Saturday Night Live when I was a kid. Do you have any advice for an up and coming entertainer? He looks at me straight in the eye and says something I'll never forget. He's like, how did you get in here? <laughs> you can you can have a lot of successes but it, it's uh at the end of the day i don't know it was, I, I swear to god it, it doesn't fulfill me i have friends and colleagues who just love to write songs love to do that whole thing and it just for me i got to a point somewhere 10 years ago where i was playing these theater shows and i couldn't wait for the song to end so that i could uh talk in between songs to the audience and tell jokes and get laughs I was like, maybe that's a sign that I should uh, be talking instead of uh, um, musicking. And so uh, that's when I started the stand-up comedy thing. And now that's kind of taken over my life. So. Yeah. And that's pretty amazing because it is something that's so different than standing up and singing songs and writing songs. I mean, you're still doing that. Um, so how did that, how did, for someone who's thinking about doing a massive career change like that, I mean, I guess you're still on stage, but how does one even go about doing that and not feel like you're a fraud or like, what am I even doing here? Well, it's a transition. So it's not as if you can just replace one income with the other. Uh, so you, you have to do it both, obviously, in order to uh, not live on the street. But it's, it's a, it takes, it's a hard pill to swallow for some people. Like if you've already built an audience under one platform, then it, like there's times where like I'll, I'll, I'll post a funny sketch to YouTube or whatever. And then music fans would be like, this is hilarious. Uh, but where's a song? Like, right. I, this is why I'm following you. <laughs> and so I don't know, you just, you have to get used to whatever it is I'm 
producing at the time because I can't um, I try to create from an authentic place and if I can't if I'm not in the mood to create a country song about a tailgate or some pickup truck I don't even own a pickup truck like how so <laughs> you know it, that's just the way the country music went and that's why I'm taking the, the a back seat to that and trying to go to the uh, the comedy route and have you found that, you know, once you were really living from an authentic place that, you know, the gigs showed up, you, you know, you were winning comedy competitions. I mean, that's insane for someone who's really just starting out. Well, the, uh, so yeah, starting out, I mean, I have been doing it for like seven years now. So, I mean, it feels like it just yesterday, but it is still, I guess, technically early. The being authentic I did write a bunch of albums uh, for country music that were about tailgates and um, short shorts and stuff like that. And they, just because I thought that's what people wanted to hear, like radio hits. And apparently I can't write a radio hit because I, uh, I never had one. They all wind up in commercials with dead golfers and Saturday Night Live <laughs> and I'm live. Um, so uh, I finally wrote an album uh, in 2018 called BU, which is like all songs that I wanted to hear, all the ones that I didn't care what anyone thought. I just wrote about what I was going through. And that was the first one that won a CCMA award. Wow. That's amazing. So mm-hmm. how did that feel? I mean, to, to finally be writing the songs that you wanted to write, not knowing if anyone would actually resonate with them and then it doing so well, how did that feel like? It sucked because uh, on first case, uh, I, why did I waste my time for all those years writing songs for other people? Mm-hmm. And then secondly, why did this success have to happen now when I'm transitioning into comedy? So, I don't, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I feel grateful, but, uh, where were you 10 years ago? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I mean, do you feel like you have to make a choice here? Like do or die with either one? No, I still do both. I'm just kidding. So like this weekend, I have a Friday night as a, as a music gig. So we, we go play songs for people who want to dance and try to get laid. And uh, on Saturday, we have a comedy gig. So people who uh, need a good laugh. And the comedy gigs are just, I just, they're just where I am right now in my creative space. So I just, I want to write that kind of thing. And uh, in the music space, I have a bunch of country records. I have three kids albums. And people are like, why are you writing children's music? Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they want to hear the country stuff. And I'm like, well, I have two children. So this is where my headspace is. My entire life is Sesame Street and Paw Patrol. So this is the kind of music I write right now. And so I, I can't fake it. There's a lot of people who can fake it. And those are way more talented people than I am. I don't know if it's a talent thing. I think it's just, you are not someone who can be inauthentic with anything. I mean, I'm a terrible liar. <laughs> right, right, right. Like everything that comes out of your mouth is what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Oh. And I think a lot of people love that. A lot of people don't love that. <laughs> to my detriment sometimes. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, but talk to us a little bit about the new kids album that's coming out. Um, obviously it's for children. What kind of songs are on there? Is it all country or like, what's, what are, what's an example of a song that's on that album? It's all empower, empowerment. So like, I can't, oh. I've thought about writing songs for like uh, one is like, Oh, what am I going to wear today? And then I just, I couldn't possibly put it on. I just, so <laughs> I, I, instead I was more of the, like the first song is called stronger. It's just about failing and um, just these failures make you stronger. Just things that you and I may know uh, or take for granted, but kids don't necessarily know this. So that's uh, awesome. There's that one. There's another track called uh, don't ever change. So uh, the whole, 
theme of this is if you're lucky enough to be different, you know, Megan's got curly hair, this guy's got this and that. If you're lucky enough to be different, you know, you're unique. Don't change. Have you tested out all the songs on your kids? Do they like them? Uh, they prefer Bruno Mars. <laughs> Um, but no, I guess you had some other people singing with you on the album. Who are they? Like, what's their story? They, um, so I have a, I did a cover of baby shark on this thing. And so I'm singing it in a country version. So it's like, so I'm singing in my this voice, like baby shark. <laughs> so after we were done it, it sounded gross. It's like, who is this guy with this deep voice singing this <laughs> So I had to get, so I hired a couple of kids to, uh, to come out and put like another track on top of me. So it, it sounds a little more playful, more kid friendly. Right. Yeah. So, so they were there, they did that. And they also have a little bit of acting background. So I wrote a sketch, uh, uh like a nighttime negotiation sketch. We just kind of just, you know, doing that whole routine. And it was just fun. I just, again, no one puts sketches on albums, but again, we're trying to be authentic and, Mm-hmm. this is what we're doing well and I think too like sketches and obviously video has been it's really worked for you in the past because I feel like that's um how we met at TEDx you had this viral YouTube video about a tornado that went through your neighborhood completely destroyed your house um and then you kind of put this video up that was funny about it and it just kind of blew up so talk to us a little bit about that and the role that videos had in really I mean because you've had a storied career but it's, it's just taken this totally viral, different route. The video. So, okay. My oh, little background since, uh, so my house got hit with the tornado in, in 2018. So was, we just had the year anniversary, uh, a few weeks ago and no one really expects that to happen. Like we, when I'm from Ottawa, we don't get tornadoes. And so we ignored all the warnings on our phones that a tornado was coming and I'm um, in the living room with the kids having pizza. My neighbor's pool lands in the yard. Okay. And so uh, at this point, I realized I should probably put on some pants. <laughs> okay. And so the uh, we see trees being uprooted. Uh, panic sets in. I grab my favorite kid. We uh, head down to the, uh, the basement and, you know, roof flies off. The kid swings, that disappears, but they don't care because now they have a new pool. So, uh, the whole thing lasted 20 seconds and wow. popped our heads up. We, uh, we live in a neighborhood called uh, Arlington woods, but all the trees are gone. Now we call it Arlington stumps. Um, <laughs> so it's just the, the, the following day, <clears throat> there's no road access or anything like that. So there's, everyone's panicking, trying to get a hold of insurance, trying to get a hold of contractors, but everyone is monopolized because there's, everyone needs help at the same time. And so instead of panicking, what I did was basically uh, grabbed a camera and started filming, um, or a phone, I guess, and started just filming funny commentary, like a home makeover uh, parody of my house. Like, like we had no roof. So I was like, oh, here's my new skylight. And, you know, just trying, <laughs> try, trying to, uh, you know, show people around my tree house, I guess. So Yeah, um, and it's hilarious. Uh, listener, you should definitely go check it out. Um, so yeah, I mean, that really blew up. Did you expect it to blow up the way it did? No, I just sent it to my neighbors to uh, get, you know, create a laugh, try to, the media was was pouring out just 
trauma. Like just mm. trying to scare the city. So I just I released this thing just to get a laugh, and, and apparently got shared amongst uh, a lot of the media and, and people that resonated with it. So um, uh, it's it, uh, it hit like ten thousand views like in the first day, and then. It, it it spoke to people in a way that I didn't anticipate. I basically just recorded it because that's what I do. I, I, I can't, I have a very, I lack coping skills <laughs> or, or sympathy. I don't know. So I was basically a vulnerable, I'm, I'm basically band-aiding my vulnerability at this point. It was, it was, well, I can't uh, show people that I'm scared and um, emotional. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to make some jokes about it. And that's basically how I, I, I've come to realize now that I just have been conditioned to do that as a, as a creative person, like anything good or bad that's ever happened to me in my life, it has always been uh, translated into a song or a joke, whether it's heartbreak or whether it's um, anything. So when this happened, my instinct just went to, let's make a joke about it. Um, and how the tip talk thing came around, they, they, they just, um, they said, Hey, this is a great way uh, of using humor to overcome adversity. I was like, I guess that's what I'm doing. I didn't realize it at the time, but as I dug deeper, that's totally what was happening. Yeah. Once that self-awareness came in. But I think that's really powerful what you just said, because so many, especially men, especially fathers um, who don't know how to necessarily process real emotion, deep emotion, because that's been our culture, Canadian and American culture to kind of squash it down, especially if you're a male. I mean, I'm a mom of two boys. So I'm always like, Hey, it's okay to cry. It's okay to express, you know, what you're feeling. What are you feeling? Cause a lot of times people don't even know, like we have like five emotions that we can point to, but there's so many more. Um, so I think that the way that you're able to process that and then even be open about like, this is what I was doing. And I didn't even realize that. I think that that's really expanding for a lot of people, especially people listening right now um, who may have husbands or partners who don't necessarily know how to process because when you don't process, you know, we all know you get sick and you're miserable and you don't even really know why. So kudos to you for being able to do that from a young age. Again, it was instinctual. It wasn't something I did on purpose. It was, uh, I mean, with the kids around, like you just, you're putting on a brave face at this point. If they see their dad panicking and freaking out and, and they'll freak out. So it's, it's more, of, I was putting on a brave face for them and uh, this is what, what came of it. And, and now it's been a year and is everything pretty much back to normal and, you know, everything's back to, yeah, back exactly. in the house. Back in the house and the, uh, the interior is brand new with the exterior uh, looks Conveniently, like it got hit with a tornado. So <laughs> we're still working that out, uh, but it, but the but it's kind of grown from there. So like the this simple thing we did a year ago has, and then uh, you know after the TED talk, but it's, I was t- I don't know if I told you that people in the mental health field are starting to share this thing, and like they, oh. I'll go to different cities to play music or or tell jokes, and like I'll have strangers coming up and like I really enjoyed your talk. I'm like really. I write it. You don't even know. This is great. Strangers are seeing this thing, and uh, probably nine times out of ten, it's uh, as someone that works in the mental health field is like, yeah, someone showed this at one of our conventions or our, our uh, events to show an example of uh, what they call sublimation. So what I did uh, in the video is uh, I basically took a a 
bad situation and I, I coped with it in a positive way as opposed to a negative way. And that's apparently what's what they call sublimation. And it was a great example of doing that. And, uh, you know, a lot of neighbors in that situation actually turned to alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was a rough, rough uh, few months for them. So, uh, maybe it's cause I'm vain and I just didn't want to get a beer belly. I just decided <laughs> to tell jokes instead. I don't know. So, um, so we're, we're working with that now, these new discoveries as, as things happen. That's powerful. Yeah, I don't know. And then talk to us about, you know, you've been going into um, schools, like elementary schools and things like that. Is it, again, still the same theme of, you know, turning a, a negative situation into a positive? Or is it more music? Or what are you doing in the schools? When I do elementary schools, it's basically, it was it was tornado talk it was just i have a slideshow of this is some of the damage that happened this is what a tornado is it's no big deal uh just you know how we how we coped with it and just very kid-friendly stuff and then we we end it with with music and uh playing around and have a lot of fun but in high schools it gets a little more serious when we're actually we talk about everything from from vulnerability to uh, self-esteem and and how to deal with those sort of things do you realize, I mean, you're in like the personal development space now. You go from country music to comedy and now you're truly changing lives for the better. Do you think, I mean, what do you think about that? Did you ever see yourself in this realm? I've always been, I, I mean, that's all I read is nonfiction. So I, I really enjoy this kind of thing. And so I, I feel like if I'm looking at my own situation, I'm not the type of person you'd want to take advice from. <laughs> I'm just kind of a goof. I'm a weirdo dad that embarrasses children. You know I mean? So <laughs> if I can uh, inspire people through uh, my talent, so by uh, by telling jokes or music, uh, that's going to be my gift uh, because I can't get up on stage and just uh, preach to people. It's just not my personality. Uh, people will take me seriously, but if I can do it and shelter it in an entertaining way, it's hilarious how my comedy has transformed in the last year. Like I could kill a room. Let's say we're telling jokes for 20 minutes. Uh, there'll be a joke. And then all of a sudden for 30 seconds, there'll be like some sort of like a, a nugget of inspiration. It's like, yeah, this is what we did and blah, blah, blah. And then like you can, tell, you, you can hear a pin drop because they're all hanging on every word. But then we release attention again with another joke. And then we just pin. So by the end of it, they've heard, basically a TED talk, not mm-hmm. realizing it, but, uh, you know, throughout the, uh, they've been entertained the entire time and they'll probably remember my set versus the right. guy that went on after me talking about his genitals or whatever. <laughs> and they'll feel better about themselves too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's so cool. I mean, yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying because like, even for me to get up and talk about, um, what I talk about, which is self-care and self-love and things like that, it has to come from a place of authenticity. And again, like people don't want to be preached to, especially from someone who's like younger and not, you know, with no PhD and things like that. So yeah, you're right. You have to be entertaining to be yourself, I think is the golden area to be in. Um, so what would you say for someone who wants to do what you're doing, wants to maybe, you know, get into music professionally, make it a living out of that, or maybe wants to stand on the comedy stage? I mean, what would be your best advice for them? Uh, first of all, just, um, I have two, two points there. So the first one is just, uh, just do it. You can't, I mean, there's a lot of people who research everything and try to like, well, how do I, uh, 
where do I stand when I'm telling a joke? How do I, um, how do I look cool when I'm trying to sing a song or whatever? You basically have to embody it in order to actually make it part of your life. I remember when I first started doing comedy, I go up once a month and I'd have uh, some fresh jokes ready to go. But every time I go up, I'd be terrified because it's terrifying to be honest with you. And so uh, I had a friend who just said, uh, we'll stop being a hobbyist and take it seriously. So I could, yeah, good point. So I go up weekly and just try new stuff every week. Sometimes I'd fail, sometimes I wouldn't, but you just become completely resilient and, uh, thick skinned after uh, week after week of doing it and then when you're doing it weekly you're not nervous anymore monthly mm-hmm. you were and so if you just continuously do it uh you you embody it so when a, let's just say this tornado thing happened five years ago uh, you know none of this I, I i don't think we'd be here right now talking about it because i wouldn't have been uh in the right comedy i wouldn't have that skill set uh, that muscle more. Yeah, and like a year prior to filming that funny tornado video, I had been doing, I was writing and filming sketches anyways. Mm -hmm. So I was just conditioned to grab a camera and just talk. So it it just, what do they say? What's that saying? It's like uh, luck comes to those who are prepared or something. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I wouldn't have been prepared five years ago for it. So I'm just grateful that uh, I got hit with the tornado uh, now instead of uh, when I was unprepared. (laughs) divine timing absolutely yeah no that's awesome um so you have a lot going on you're touring you're going you know you're doing a lot of shows you're doing a lot of music um what what do you think is this next year is going to be holding for you what do you really want to see happen so I want to uh, leverage the speaking a little bit more. I'm getting all these unique opportunities. And that was the other thing I wanted to mention, because you said, how do you, what do you recommend for people trying to get into this? And so uh, the authenticity thing comes in again. So I'm talking, to, so because there's so many mental health people are really resonating with my message, I started to target uh conventions and and events that are are based around trauma or PTSD and things like that. And so a lot of people, uh, they're like, yeah, that sounds great. And then there's a big group that are like, well, most of our speakers are PhDs talking about their research and all this sort of thing. So then I'm like, that's cool. Uh, But my reply is, I'm more of an entertaining break amongst all these boring doctor talks. So consider that and then maybe I can play music for uh your networking event after the uh, after the session's finished to to enhance all the uh, collaboration they're like let me get back to you (laughs) point is there's room for everyone in anything even if you're some weirdo from Canada who's just in a room full of doctors you you have value in uh, in any space as long as you're just being yourself I love that. I love that so much because I think it's so true. And so many people don't feel like they're ready enough or they're not, you know, prepared enough maybe, but I just love that line so much. That's beautiful. Um, Okay. So we are to the point in the interview where I have some rapid fire questions. There's three. Are you ready? Go. (laughs) A true performer is. Authentic. I'm grateful for uh, tornadoes hitting me at the appropriate time. And what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? Uh, create from an authentic place and stop writing songs about 
pickup trucks and tailgates and hillbillies. I love it. I love it. And do you have any really big takeaways that you want to leave with the listener today? Something that's really been on your mind lately? Um, I mean, there's specifically, I, I, based on everything we've talked about today, I mean, there's possibly nuggets that you could take away. Um, Sublimation would be a good one. I mean, if anything's happening to you, find a healthy way to uh, to cope with it instead of going down the other path. I have a, a band member. I played a show on the weekend that uh, I haven't seen him in a month uh, since his mom's funeral, which is a month ago. And uh, he shows up to the gig uh, on Saturday, uh, notably fatter. And I'm like, what has happened to you? Anyway, he's been coping with hamburgers. Mm. I'm like... <laughs> that's unfortunate but why don't you cope with a gym membership or something anyway he's he just says he like prefers eating over um uh over working out which is everyone's okay so i'm like why don't you i'll tell you what why don't we uh you join my kickboxing gym you know what i mean you'll have accountability there's there's a lot of people there i'll be there and it's more of a group thing as opposed to just lifting a dumbbell and no one likes doing that and, uh, and so um, you can just see in a, when you're doing something like that, when you embody that environment, whether it's kickboxing or CrossFit or group fitness or whatever, now you're in a room full of healthy people. You're surrounding yourselves by other people who aren't eating burgers every day. They're going to go home and eat kale or whatever they do. So, it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so just, you know, um, all we have to so we're, I'm working on him. No, I think that's that's really beautiful. That's really powerful. And sublimation is a new word that I learned today that I will definitely be uh, learning more about because I think that that's it's really it's healing. Yeah, exactly. So, and then in that nugget is again embodying uh, whatever you're doing. You can't just uh, go to the gym once a week and uh, lift weights and say you did it for the the day. It's like you're you're literally step in and uh, and make it part of your lifestyle. I love that too, because it's like, yeah, are you a hobbyist or are you all in on your life? I love that. Mm -hmm. That's something like I've never really, I don't think went full in with anything, you know, like I always just kind of held back with everything. So that's a nugget that I'll definitely take away from this talk. Well, that's when you you first met, that's what you told me. It's like your, it was your last week was your last day as a government employee. And then you decided I'm going all in on uh, being a creative individual. And here we are today. I know. It's fabulous. Um, okay. So, uh, where can everyone find out more about you? Where can they pick up the album, the kids album, which I can't wait. Um, tell us all the things. Kids album comes out November 4th and that's available on, um, Spotify or, or Apple music or wherever music is found. And, uh, you can hear the, the rest of my stuff on, I don't know, go to, go to find me on, on social media, Instagram, Rory Gardner, music, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Go see all my weird sketches on YouTube. See you in person because you're you're traveling a ton. It's so exciting. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. I got so much out of this. I know in my heart the listener did too. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. If you found any kind of value out of this conversation today, please share us on your Instagram stories, tag us at Motherhood Unstressed, and hit those five stars. It literally takes five seconds to do that, and you will feel so good for uh, giving back to the show if we have given anything to you. Have a great week. Love you guys.